Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Like to be with you this morning, albeit digitally, uh, just so excited for what this represents, you know. Even across states and across cities, we can be together in one heart, one spirit, one mind, and just love you. And love your pastors. Pastor Brandon and Meredith are absolute legends. Legends. Give them a big round of applause wherever you're at if you love your pastors. But uh, for us, having just arrived here in Philadelphia in November, your pastors have been just such a rich source of encouragement both to us and to our community. And uh, so excited that C3 Fort Worth and C3 Philly get to go on this journey together to establish local church, local churches that really demonstrate the love of God. And so we arrived in November and launched two dinner parties in January. And, you know, with a new decade, just excited about all that represented to be here in Philadelphia, ready to plant a church. Obviously, new decade, new year, ready to go. Little did we expect a global pandemic to hit and so our church planting kind of trajectory and story very quickly changed but we feel just so incredibly settled and encouraged amidst this this coronavirus and this this lockdown quarantine and actually have seen some amazing things happen in our local community we actually launched online services two weekends ago uh, and so we're two weeks deep into the launch of our church and just, just amazing to see people uh, tuning in and people that we've not yet even met yet in person becoming part of digital dinner parties and being, becoming a part of the local church. So we're super encouraged by all that God is doing. And I know also having spoken to Pastor Brandon, there are amazing things happen, happening in Fort Worth. And so these are great days for the local church. And I'm really excited to be with you this morning just as you're in this this whole series uh, where you're discovering and I guess unpacking the patterns of Jesus and taking a deeper dive into this idea of seeds and seasons and it's something that's dear to my heart and so I'm really excited just to unpack some scripture for the next few moments so maybe just if you've got a bible uh, maybe it will come up on the screen uh, just want to read just a few verses from Genesis Genesis 8 uh, verse 22 uh, right after uh, we're going to pick up some scripture right after the flood resides in the story of Noah, um, a global flood, much like a global pandemic where everything that was known and relied upon is submerged and underwater, so to speak. Uh, very similar in the sense of what we're in at the moment with the coronavirus and lockdown and a new world is of, almost on the other side of, of this season that we're finding ourselves in. And I want to unpack just a few verses because when Noah gets, when the waters reside and Noah steps off the boat, it says in verse 22, God speaks to him and says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And it says that God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them and echoes the same words that were spoken over Adam and Eve in the first garden he says be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and Noah takes these words and this promise and this idea of seed time and harvest and it goes on to say in Genesis 9 just a few verses later it says in verse 20 it says that Noah began to be a man of the soil and he planted a vineyard 
that he began to become a man of the soil and he planted a vineyard. So what I want to do, I want to just share a few thoughts with you and unpack this idea that there is a garden in your palm. That there is a garden in your palm. Now, what we have to understand when we're reading Scripture is we, and when we begin to understand the story of Scripture is that the Bible is the story of gardens. It's the story, uh, it's an agricultural story. The Bible both begins in a garden and it ends in a garden. Obviously, the Genesis poem, the Genesis story starts in this garden. The, bib- the beginning of biblical, the biblical narrative starts with a, with a God, a divine being between Father, Son and Holy Spirit who with the stroke of his finger puts stars in the sky and with the spoken word begins to raise animals out of the dust and creates oceans and he creates this garden obviously called Eden and right in the middle of this paradise, in the middle of this garden, He raises Adam and Eve out of the ground and creates these people in his image. Adam and Eve were essentially God's self-portrait as he began to create humanity in his image. And in the center of this garden, he places these people, these human beings in a garden. Now, we know that the story starts in a garden, but many of us think that the biblical story ends with, you know, life somewhere else. But actually the Bible ends in a garden. This idea of a new Jerusalem, a garden city coming from heaven to earth, that actually the Lord's prayer is fulfilled, that his kingdom would come to earth. And all of a sudden, it's like the garden that God had seen in Genesis 1 and 2 is fulfilled in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. That This idea that God gets what he wants, you know, that the magic and the fullness of life is about right here, right now, here on earth. It starts in a garden and it ends in this new garden, this garden city coming from heaven to earth. So the biblical story is a story of two gardens. But then in the middle of the biblical story, when we begin to pick up this narrative and the story of Jesus and we see the New Testament, we see that still this echo, this idea of the garden begins to be resurrected almost. You see, it's in a garden of Gethsemane that Jesus fully surrenders his life to the plans of his father. And he surrenders to this to the knowledge that his life is going to be a sacrifice. And it's in a garden that he is arrested and taken by the soldiers to his, to his prison cell. And there he is beaten and eventually hung on a cross as a sinner, as, as a criminal. And he's arrested in this garden. And obviously, after they take his body down from the cross, the Bible says that he is buried in a garden tomb, a tomb that belonged to this man called Nicodemus, who, who had, was a wealthy man and had probably been reserving this, this tomb at the end of his garden, maybe for his own death. But the body is taken from the cross and he is buried in this garden tomb. But you and I know that when Jesus is buried in the tomb, his body was not a corpse. Instead, Jesus' body represented a seed. Little did the Romans and the Hebrew and the Jewish uh, rulers know that when they crucified Jesus and laid him in a tomb, they hadn't buried him, but instead they had planted a seed in 
a garden. And three days later, when Jesus comes out of the tomb in his resurrected body, there's the announcement that this is a new creation, that he represents the first of a new humanity, a new creation. That new life is breaking out right here, right now, amidst this old one. And the good news of the gospel is that every single person is invited into this new life, that after death comes resurrection, that after a seed that is pushed into the ground rises new life. You see, the gospel actually is the announcement that this world is not beyond repair, which is profound when you see Mary. She runs to the tomb to find Jesus, looking for his body. She cannot find Jesus, but instead she stumbles into a gardener. She mistook Jesus for a gardener. In this amazing little metaphor or portrayal of really the vocation of God, she, she misses Jesus and mistakes him for a gardener. But maybe in that moment, maybe Mary really saw Jesus, the Godhead, in his true vocation, what he has always been doing, a, becoming a gardener, cultivating new life cultivating a new world, planting new gardens. You see, God is a gardener. He plants a garden at the beginning of the biblical story. He becomes a gardener through the whole biblical narrative and in your life. And at the end, he sees his garden blossom and bloom into everything that he had always intended to plant. You see, and I think... Often when we as Christians, as Jesus, followers of Jesus, we would, we would pretty much understand that, you know, that, that, that we, maybe our understanding of what it means to be a Christian is to know the creator and to know ourselves as the created. You know, to know God as the God who creates everything and then in relationship with him to be the created, to begin a relationship with the creator. And maybe, you know, in many ways that is the great joy of our life, that know, to know as created beings we can know our creator. But I think we miss the point if we just limit our existence to knowing the creator and being the created. Because the original Genesis story is not just the story of the creator and the created, but actually it's the story of the creator empowering the created to be co-creators. You see, he says to Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, he plants this garden, but then he invites Adam and Eve to be co-creators. You see, whilst the garden was perfect, it actually, actually wasn't yet finished, and it was their responsibility in many ways to push the boundaries of this garden out, to extend this new world, to extend this paradise, the paradise of heaven on earth. And so the story of what it means to be human and to be alive and the truth of what it means to be to have our true existence is not just to know the created as the know the creator as the created but to become co-creators to realize that we were born that we were created to extend the flourishing of this world to extend and to plant gardens all over C3 Fort Worth all over Philadelphia Philadelphia all across the US to actually extend and plant gardens to, to make this world flourish and extend into all that it was meant to be. You see, you were created in the 
image of a creator. So in the depths of who you are, you are a creator. You're a gardener. You were meant to plant seeds and see new worlds come and burst through the soil into new life. You see, when you plant a seed, what you don't realize is that in that moment, you're actually planting a garden. When you plant a seed, you're not just planting a seed, you're actually planting a forest. Because resident in the smallest of seeds is not just the plant that it would become, but the seeds that it would create and the gardens that would exist within those seeds. It's amazing to think that with just within the smallest of seeds can live the, the most enormous of forests. You see, and it's with the knowledge of this, I think as co-creators, we have to realize the enormity of, of what we can plant. And that's what we're doing every time we gather as a church, as the body of Christ, as we plant seeds, even resident within our community is the forest, is the fullness of all that God is. You see, if you have a seed, you have a forest. If you have a seed to plant, you have a new world. You have something to give. You see, and when we pick up, you know, the story of Noah, it's amazing. Just, and I found just really profound encouragement in this season that we're in. In the sense that Noah is in a flood. He is at a point in the, in the human story where all of life, all of known life is submerged underwater. It's... <clears throat> every, every, everything that people had drawn meaning from and truth from and, you know, every, all, all of civilization, so to speak, was drowned under this flood. In many ways, the season that we found ourselves in over the last few months, it's like all of our known life is submerged. There is an, there's an existential crisis happening right now right across the world, not just in Texas and the US, but right across the world as people realize that they are not their jobs, they are not their stuff, they are not their circumstance, they are not their nice car on the drive or the house that they live in, they are not even their family or their nation, and they realize that, uh, that there's a, a fresh discovery of what it means to be human, that everything has been submerged. And what I love about Noah is he comes through this season of the flood the first thing that Noah does on the other side is to plant a garden. It's like God gets Noah to the other side and has to remind him, Noah, I'm going to speak over you the same thing that I spoke over Adam. Be fruitful and multiply. In other words, go make a world. Go create civilization. Go and create societies. Go and plant a garden. And Noah obviously in this moment of empowerment realizes really what's happening and it says that he goes and he creates and he plants a vineyard. And I think for us as churches, as followers of Christ in this season, it's time for us to realize that as we go through this season and come out of the other side, we have the most enormous responsibility and opportunity to go make a new world. Go and plant new gardens. But here's the thing. Here's the truth of the vineyard that Noah planted, is that the very seed that Noah 
needed to plant the vineyard was already with him in the boat. The seed to create new creation on the other side of the flood, Noah already had in the palm of his hand. And I want to encourage you, C3 Fort Worth, each of you as followers of Christ and as individuals, that there is a garden in your hand. There is a garden in your palm. If you have seed to sow, you have a garden to plant. And so maybe just as we close this morning, I want to just give you maybe a few things, a few, th- a few seeds that we need to think about just planting as we come through this season. As we've come through this season of isolation and separation from all that is known and tried and tested, maybe in this season you've, you've come to a point where you've re-evalued situations or relationships or parts of your life and you're coming through this season and you know that on the other side of coronavirus and lockdown that there is almost a new world for you to plant. So here's what I've got. I want, I've like, got three questions I want to ask you. Firstly, what seed are you going to plant creatively? What creative seeds do you want to plant? Is there new business ideas? Is there new employment ideas? Is there new social ideas? What creative ideas that you have been carrying that you want to plant on the other side needs to come out of you? What are you going to plant creatively? What are you going to begin to contribute to the world around you? What are you going to begin to sow that begins to grow and break through the soil into new life? What are you going to sow creatively? Maybe there's a new book in you. Maybe there's a song in you. Maybe there's a message in you. What creative elements live on the inside of your soul that you need to begin to plant into the ground. You know, everyone says that they have a book in them. It's a a funny thing to say because most people don't write a book. But everyone would assume that there is a book in them. There's something that someone, everyone has something that they could write about. But the difference between those that write a book and those that don't is, is, is exactly that, is that some people go on and they write the book. You see, and there's maybe certain creative elements in your life, ideas that you've had creatively that you actually need to plant on the other side of this. You see, so firstly, what seeds are you going to sow creatively? Secondly, what seeds are you going to sow culturally? How have you in this season at home, maybe with kids running around and, you know, and living, you know, constantly with your spouse and your family and uh, maybe your parents or whatever situation you find yourself in, what cultures have you evaluated that you now know you want to go on and change? Maybe you want to create a culture of compassion and love in your world, maybe a culture of empathy. But how have you decided that the world that you live in, how do you want, to, how do you want the theme of your life to be different? How do you want the atmosphere of your life to be different? Because coming out of the other side of coronavirus, we can make a decision that our life is going to look very different to the life that we had on the other side. So what seed are you going to sow culturally? And thirdly, what seed are you going to sow compassionately how are you going to give your life for others on the other side of this flood how are you going to live as the beloved 
of God in love with other people? How are you going to give yourself in new ways to other people? How are you going to sow grace and peace and the love and the kindness and the goodness of God into other people's lives? Because I promise you this, when you plant those seeds in other people's lives, it will grow into a beautiful garden. What world are we going to plant on the other side of this? And I want to encourage you that the garden is in the palm of your hand. You have seed right now that needs to be sown. And the good news of the gospel is that that seed begins to grow and flourish into the new life that God has for you. That we are the new creation here on earth to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven coming to earth through the seed that we sow. So I want to echo over your life, much like God echoed over Noah. He needed to remind Noah what human beings were meant to be. He reminded Noah what he had said to Adam. Be fruitful and multiply. And Noah feels empowered and goes and plants a garden. And my prayer for UC3 Fort Worth is that you would, under the under the commission almost to be fruitful and multiply, that you would go and plant new gardens, that you would take the seed that has been in your hand maybe for years and with courage and confidence, you would begin to scatter that seed into the world around you and see a garden begin to grow and blossom all around your life. So I pray for you. I pray for C3 Fort Worth. I pray for pastors Brandon and Meredith Cole. And I pray that a new world, a forest, would arise around every person, around the church, that a new garden would be planted in that city and that many people would be welcomed in that garden to seek shade from the sun. I pray for businesses. I pray for creative ideas. I pray for, uh, for, um, for creative ways to minister, for creative ways to do, to do family. I pray for in whatever way people right now under the sound of my voice feel inspired. I pray that they would have confidence and courage to step out and know that there is a garden in the palm of their hand. And if they would just sow the seed, that they would see new life break out. So I pray for ideas and creativity. I pray for your hand and blessing. And I announce over every person the same thing, God, that you echoed over Noah. Be fruitful and multiply. And let's go and plant a garden. Man, so good. I told you that, that, I told you that British accent. Uh, no, honestly, though, we all have a garden in the palm of our hands. I hope you were encouraged by this. I hope you saw Jesus like never before in this. Uh, man, I really hope you were encouraged and you leaned in, you took a yeah, step this right. morning. Right. Um, I, I was just so good. So, so good. So good. And if you made a decision today to follow Jesus, we want to know about it. We yeah. celebrate you. Yeah. Man, that's huge. Congratulations. Yeah, so good. And we would just so be good. standing up right now all over the church clapping for you. We yeah. are so proud of you, but we want to connect with you. And also, do not forget, church, we have a virtual lobby happening right after this. So you can click over into that and yeah. chat and see a lot of our faces there. We're yeah, so excited wave at each about other that. and say yes. hello, check in. 
Uh, and we want to let you know that we do have news coming up about how things are going to move forward for us, what the stage is. We've mentioned this a couple times, uh, when the cloud lifts, and there's a reference there, but when the cloud mm -hmm. lifts, the people move. And that that's kind of the way we're treating this. Yeah. We're going to move when God moves. That's We're, we're trusting Him in all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also believe that there's, again, seeds and seasons. We believe mm -hmm. that there's going to be fruit born out of this that's unlike anything we've ever seen. And so we're, mm -hmm. we're trying to do our best to hear officials around our city and what we yeah. need to do, but also trust the Lord and what He's speaking to our hearts. And, and so news will be coming out. So check your email, check uh, Instagram and all yes. social media. Uh, but I'm excited about it. And we're excited about praying about it and believe right. God is going to do something really special. Right. So we love you, church. Love you. Maybe see you in the Zoom lobby or Mwah. maybe face-to-face -face soon in a dinner yes. party. I don't know. We'll, we'll <laughs> see. But we love you. Have a great, great week. Yes.